1: Hi everyone, Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, October 23rd, 2023. In one minute, Phil Giraldi will join us right here live. What damage is Israel doing, not just to Gaza, not just to itself, but to the world by its invasion of the Gaza Strip? But first this. There's an organization that still backs Obamacare, gun control, and extreme transgender policies that endanger our kids. They claim to be bipartisan, but last year, 95% of their donations went to the Democrats. AARP does not represent the values of conservative American seniors. Fortunately, there's a conservative alternative, AMAC. The Association of Mature American Citizens proudly champions Americans' rights to free speech, religious liberty, and the Second Amendment. AMAC defends parents' rights to protect their children and is fighting to restore America's election integrity. With more than two million members nationwide, AMAC is proudly pro-family, pro-faith, and pro-freedom. I'm proud to endorse AMAC, and I encourage you to join today. Let's send AARP a strong message that they don't represent conservative American seniors. Join AMAC today at amac.us forward slash judge. That's amac.us forward slash j-u-d-g-e. Welcome back, uh, Phil. Thanks very much for your time, uh, of course. Uh, Does the United States support the unbridled invasion of Gaza by the Israeli military? And if so, does it appreciate the consequences of such support?
0: Well, of course, that's the um, the fundamental question that we're confronting here. Uh, the extent to which the United States is actually capable of, of uh, supporting its own national interests, which would include uh, not getting involved in, in places like Ukraine and uh, Israel, Gaza, uh, unless there is a compelling national interest that drives the process. And in this case, the United States was not threatened uh, by either the Russians or, or the Gazans, but yet it's, uh, it's, it's fully engaged in the process now of uh, of supporting uh, countries that are basically uh, not doing any good for us. And uh, this one hundred and five billion dollars that's going now is a con job. Um, it's a it's a package because um, Biden is assuming that including Israel in it will be a big motivator for for Congress, which is a terrified of voting against Israel ever. And it also includes a smaller sum to, as, uh, try, as um, they put it, fortify the southern border of the United States. Now, that's obscene. And for the last three years, Biden has done everything but fortify or even defend or even uphold the law when it comes to our southern border. It's another bit of sugar thrown into the package and uh, in an attempt to get this, this money out of Congress. So does
1: Biden, does Tony Blinken, does Lloyd Austin, do they collectively have the ability to dial back Prime Minister Netanyahu and Defense Minister Galant uh, of uh, Israel as the New York Times claims this morning? Or for domestic political reasons, do they just want to give Israel whatever it wants? no matter what its behavior uh, is with respect to international law and common morality?
0: Well, of course, the the question is, you know, what uh, what actually goes on when uh, Biden or Blinken uh, is or are talking to Netanyahu? And what does he understand? Uh, I think in Netanyahu's view, the United States is um, unable, uh, unwilling to um, to take any steps that make it look like they're holding Israel accountable. And of course, accountable in this case means not giving them all the weapons they're going to be using uh, to pulverize Gaza and kill all its people. Uh, And uh, that also goes for the money that goes to Israel annually. And as part of this, uh, this new budget, $14 billion uh, and and that will be, of course, to pay for the war. We're paying for a war crime. I mean, think about that. That's exactly what we're doing. Israel is undeniably committing a major war crime with its attack on civilian targets, and its uh, its uh, its concept of of hitting uh, the whole city, the whole state, and and not just focusing on the military or something like that. This is a war crime and we are paying for the war crime.
1: And the uh, perception and the reality in the Arab world is exactly as you've said, a war crime perpetrated by the Israelis and supported uh, by uh, the United States. I guess the the memory of the horrors of 9-11 and what preceded and arguably fomented that uh, have escaped the American uh, political leadership.
0: Yeah, the American uh, political leadership uh, doesn't have much of a memory. Uh, and this is recent history. The, uh, the, the fact is, you know, these these uh, these errors in judgment that seem to be coming one after another ever since 9-11 have, have uh, basically not uh, provided any learning curve. Uh, we keep making the same mistakes. Uh, the United States is in no position whatsoever uh to be serving as the world's policeman, the U.S. public is getting uh kind of waking up on that uh I I've been following I I always you know go to the media in the morning and read like the New York Times article today about uh alleging that the government the U.S. government is putting pressure on Netanyahu to kind of hold off on his ground invasion well okay that may be true that may not be true but it, it seems to me that the reality is that Netanyahu make the decision. So we, we are in a position where we are uh, supplying people who are belligerents in any number of wars, and uh, we have uh, no ability to control that process. Uh, like, where have you seen in the, the, the U.S. mainstream media the fact that over the past uh, 10 days, uh, Israel has attacked Syria three times. They've bombed Damascus and Aleppo airports three times, putting them out of operation. This is another war crime. They're at war with Syria, which is not at war with them. and has not done anything to them. And yet this is, is just kind of, it's not, it's ignored by the media and it's certainly ignored by the U.S. government. And the president of the
1: United States says, quote, American leadership holds the world together and is necessary to keep freedom alive in the Middle East and Eastern Europe. I mean, this is this is farcical. He's, he's living in another world.
0: It's, it's it's hard to imagine where he comes up with this kind of stuff with these one-liners. I, had, I, I uh, think I indicated in one of my recent articles that um, he must have a neocon scriptwriter somewhere who was producing these lines for him, because this is ridiculous. The United States is uh, not guaranteeing freedom anywhere in the world. Uh, Quite the contrary. The United States has invaded nations that did not threaten the United States. Uh, uh, throw Libya into that hopper. Iraq, uh, you know, and the the fact is we're killing millions of people and we're guaranteeing freedom.
1: When um, Secretary of Defense Austin was asked in Israel last week, if the United States could uh, support two wars, two different fronts, two different parts of the world, of course, the questioner meant Israel uh, versus Gaza and Ukraine uh, versus Russia. He said, uh, we can project power wherever we want. It was that the administration's view, and it may be the view of all administrations, Republicans as well as Democrats, I don't know. Of uh, American foreign policy, not to project peace, uh, but to to project
0: power. Yeah, that's an interesting kind of spin that's being put on it. Uh, he's talking about power, but the fact is power is is not equivalent uh, to being able to win two major wars simultaneously simultaneously. the uh, the Secretary of the Treasury, of course, Jenny Yellen, has uh, re- has doubled down on that. She said, "Oh, absolutely, we can afford two major wars simultaneously. No problem whatsoever." VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com/metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, georgetownedu podcast.
1: So um, let me run uh, the clip of uh, Secretary uh, Austin, and then we'll analyze that and what uh, Secretary Yellen said as well. And we remain fully able to project power and uphold our commitments and direct resources to multiple theaters. So we will stand with Israel... Even as we stand with Ukraine, United States can walk and chew gum at the same time. And U.S. Secu- security assistance to Israel will flow in at the speed of war. United States has Israel's back, and that is not negotiable. Now, this that statement is directly defied in today's New York Times, one of the mouthpieces for the administration, which reports that a shipment of 155 millimeter artillery shells, the the basic workhorse uh, for all artillery, you know this better than I, has just been diverted from Ukraine to Israel. I didn't even know we had 155 millimeter shells left. I thought we had replaced them with cluster bombs and whatever they, maybe they found a closet of them somewhere or warehouse somewhere, but they're going to Israel. They're not going to Ukraine after having been promised and put in the pipeline for Ukraine. So Mr. Secretary, do you know what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, not only does he not know what he's talking about, um, uh, I would say that uh, his comment is, uh, I, I, this is the first time I've seen the whole thing in full. Um, although it was edited, but the, uh, it's kind of scary. Uh, he is basically sending the message that we are engaged with Israel in this fighting, that we are in this war. And um, you know they've been dancing around these kinds of issues, uh, both in Ukraine and in the, the Middle East, quite a lot. But the fact is that if you're that much in bed with one of the belligerents in a process, you're part of it, and uh, there, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, Blinken has been uh, uh, whining lately about the possibility that there will be attacks on U.S. troops in the Middle East. And in fact, there have been seven attacks over the, the, the past week in, um, in Syria and in Iraq. And uh, so this is something that's uh, creeping over the horizon, where the United States, one way or another, is going to become a, an actual belligerent in, in this fighting. And uh, there's nothing to stop this process. There are no, there are no sensible people in Washington that are saying, "Hey, wait a minute, let's hold up on this."
1: Here's Secretary Blinken yesterday, cut number three, uh, Chris, on the likelihood of escalation, and he inadvertently says, "Because we're there."
0: How concerned are you about Iran trying to escalate this war?
1: We are concerned. Uh, in fact. We expect uh, that there's a likelihood of escalation, escalation by Iranian proxies directed against our forces, directed against our personnel. Uh, We are taking steps to make sure that we can effectively defend our people and respond decisively if we need to. This is not what we want, not what we're looking for. We don't want escalation. We don't want to see a second or third front develop. Uh, We don't want to see our forces or our personnel come under fire, but uh, if that happens, we're ready for it forces and why is our personnel there phil
0: well no reason that i can discern apart from hubris uh i mean this is scary stuff you know the what's going on in ukraine is one step away from a nuclear war and uh, what's going on in the middle east uh is also one step away from a nuclear war. Israel is a nuclear-armed state, and if it had to confront Iran, uh, it would, uh, in, in my mind, use its nuclear weapons. So the United States is 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 in a position where it's supporting things, uh, as I observed before, that really are do no good for the American people or for the United States government, and yet they're in it up to their eyeballs. And, uh, I, I fail to understand what the rationale of all this is. Uh, they know damn well that they're not sustaining freedom anywhere in the world and that they're not supporting democracy uh, everywhere in the world. This is just a, a sham. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's so dangerous. It's the kind of thing I recall from back during the Iraq war when that was exploding. Uh, I, I, I can't s- sort of figure out how can these people who are basically intelligent, well-educated, come out with this stuff. uh, There's something very wrong either in their education or their upbringing.
1: Tell me about uh, the role of the uh, intelligence community in this. I mean, does Joe Biden just call up Lloyd Austin and say, uh, send an aircraft carrier and some support uh, ships into the eastern Mediterranean? Or is there some sort of... uh, an intel evaluation of the likely need for doing so and dangers upon doing so?
0: Well, I would think that in this case, this uh, this is a situation where the president and his closest advisors, whoever they might be at any given moment, make the decision. But you're quite right. The um, the intel agencies are very much involved in the process Leading up to that point, they will be um, drawing up a a proposal, and then they will be gaming it, you know, to to demonstrate what different directions the uh, uh, this could uh, go in, and how would how would this impact on the situation, and what would the results be? So, but you know, I think in this case, obviously, the whoever is is doing the intel analysis is quite aware that the. Uh, Uh, The White House and the team around the White House is very much interested in an aggressive policy.
1: Is it quaint to say, hmm, last time I checked, only Congress can declare war, not Joe Biden. There's been no declaration of war against Russia. There has been no declaration of war against the Palestinian people. In Gaza, why has there been no declaration of war? A, there's no political will for it. B, we've signed treaties saying we can only declare war in the case of an imminent military danger. What imminent military danger do the people of Gaza or the Russian government pose to the
0: United States of America? Yeah, well, that's the point. This is all a fraud, uh, this, these arguments are, have no basis, in fact, uh, but you're always going to be able to find in, in the U.S. government, as, as uh, complex and, and, and big as it is, there are going to be plenty of people who support these kinds of policies, uh, policies of global uh, dominance by the United States. Now, bear in mind that uh, the foreign policies of both political parties are, are basically uh, underwritten by the neoconservatives. And they're certainly going to do everything and anything to to defend Israel. And they've always had this thing about Russia. And uh, so that's what we're seeing play out here. The, these people are, are are dominant in both parties. And how this came about is that they with 9-11, they basically created this false uh, narrative that the United States was threatened everywhere. And uh, that's that's being sustained to this day. What
1: does the American foreign policy establishment or what do the neocons want in Israel? We know they want to use Ukraine as a battering ram because they think they can drive President Putin from office. They're learning slowly, painfully, with a lot of blood and a lot of um, money uh, spent and gone forever that that's not going to happen. But what do they want in the
0: Middle East? Do the neocons want genocide i think uh, in a manner of speaking they do they would prefer that the uh, remaining palestinians um in what used to be palestine uh will leave of their own will uh when israel makes the, their conditions of life so miserable that uh, they they feel they have no um uh, no options no alternatives in in what was wants their own country. I think they would prefer it that way. But if it uh, if it requires killing them, uh, you know, pick up the Wall Street Journal, read some of the articles that is about about Gaza that are being posted uh, over the last 10 days. Uh, these are people that are quite happy to be going in there and killing everyone. And um, that's what they want. There are many Israeli politicians who want bigger Israel, Eretz Israel which uh, in, in some, by some definitions uh, would run from the Jordan River all the way over to the Nile River and also into uh, Lebanon. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is crazy, but this is what's in some of their heads. And, and they, they try to justify it with uh, biblical quotes and things like that. But uh, believe me, the Bible never authorized this kind of killing.
1: What's your, uh, your gut? Your feeling for how this will be uh, in six months? Could, can the Israeli military possibly uh, sustain urban warfare? I mean, their IDF uh, is two-thirds reservists. Uh, those kids that are training for guerrilla warfare uh, were, you know, school teachers and, and lawyers and, and accountants two weeks ago. They're not uh, special forces or Navy SEALs.
0: Well, I, I, uh, I readily accept that they, as a modern, trained or, and equipped army, uh, have a huge advantage uh, over Hamas and, and whatever fighters there are in Gaza. And they will, you know, make progress. They, I believe the tactics will be to uh, literally bomb and, and, uh, and use artillery to totally destroy the ground that they're taking in front of them, which will kill lots of civilians and it'll also kill a lot of soldiers because it creates uh, uh, fields of fire for the the defenders. So it's gonna be that kind of thing, hanging on for a long time. And it's also gonna create a major security problem for Israel in that the West Bank is uh, giving them problems now, uh, and also South Lebanon. They've been attacking uh, their own uh, citizens in many cases who are Palestinians and are arresting them uh, for house arrest. And they've also killed, uh, as of yesterday, was 81 Palestinians on the West Bank and presumably have killed some Lebanese. So this is going to expand and their reservists are going to be active duty. Hmm.
1: Does uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu have an interest in extending and prolonging the war?
0: He has an interest in in milking this for whatever political considerations he can get out of it. Bear in mind, before all this started to happen, Netanyahu was in a lot of trouble with major demonstrations every day uh, against his uh, judicial program. And uh, that will presumably, in his mind, go away as long as he can sustain some kind of threat level coming uh, from the Arabs. And uh, so we'll see how that plays out. I think that's his card.
1: Phil Giraldi, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Of course. We'll see you again. Uh, All right, my friends, we have our usual busy week uh, coming up for you. Colonel uh, McGregor, Scott Ritter, Colonel Schaefer, Alistair Crook, Colonel uh, Kwiatkowski, and our usual friends uh, and colleagues. In the meantime, your subscriptions just keep pouring in, for which, of course, we and I uh, are deeply and profoundly grateful. We'll hit 220,000 today, and I'm absolutely convinced we'll break a quarter of a million long before Christmas, which, of course, has been our stated goal. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.